Today on our show, we journey to the promised galaxy where healthy human relationships are valued more highly than technological advances corrupted by an excess of science and a total lack of consciousness. It's panelism! Welcome to Panelism, a podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I'm Taylor Trask. And I'm Todd A. And Todd, it is episode 101. Uh, we're in the new we're in the new era. The yeah. New, the new vibe. We've got a new theme song, as you heard on episode 100. We've got kind of a new, not a new way of doing it, but it's just, it feels fresh for some reason. Yeah. No, because it is fresh. It's totally fresh. Totally not, fresh. not the same show we've been doing for three years. This Before, is the all new, all different panelism. How about that? <laughs> all new. In fact, number 100 took so much out of us that we were unable to schedule another episode last week. So that's true. We're coming yeah. to the totally fresh. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do it. Yeah. Welcome everybody listening. We know we have a lot of fans on Instagram who have found, uh, found the show. So if you're one of those folks, thank you so much. If you are a longtime listener or you just you came across us by, by happenstance, by chance. Uh, thank you so much as well. Um, we love all our listeners. We're it, in the last month or two, we've grown quite a bit. So thanks to all the new folks who have, who found us. And we hope that uh, you keep us on your podcast feed for the foreseeable future. And today uh, is a book that I'm going to be talking about called The Techno Priests. Oh, it that's has, right. You did tell me about this. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it has been a little while uh, since I've referenced Jodorowsky. And and to be honest, uh, the reason I'm doing the Techno Priest is I we've been doing this show for three years, and I have not once reviewed a Jodorowsky book other than – no, I, I've done some humanoid stuff, but I haven't done a Jodorowsky book. And, you know, I've got to do the Inkle. I've got to do the Meta Barons. I've got to, I've got to do a bunch of stuff. So we're going to get to those later in the year. But the uh, this, the book slash series that I, I thought would be a really good one to start off on is The Techno Priest. And so it's written by Alejandro Jodorowsky, who if you've ever listened to the show, you know, is like one of my sort of spirit animal guru, like, you know, favorite, <laughs> favorite guys to reference in all things. And if you like haven't, you, oh, go ahead. Like you said, it's been a while since I've referenced him. And I thought, yeah, like two weeks, two weeks. the last episode came out, because I'm sure he came up oh, in our man. greatest of, you know. If you've never seen the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune, oh my God, stop listening to us, go watch that, then come back and listen to this episode. It is so damn good. I've referenced it many times. But the Technopriest, um, he wrote it. The artist is, is I'm going to butcher this name, Zoran Jan- Janatov, J-A-N-J-E-T-O-V, Jan- Janatov, and then colorist Fred Beltran. And I really want to stress that colorist name in this uh, in this episode because this is a book that you need all three of those guys to make this book. You need Jodorowsky's characters and mind and and just its story. You need the the art of Zoran, and then you need the color is so specific and so um, heightened and so very surreal that that you know this book would not be what it was without Fred Beltran. So I really want to give him a shout out. It is a it is a book. It's a ser- it's a book, but it's a series uh, spread out over eight volumes. And so, if you read them, they feel they feel and function a lot like chapters. Um, it wasn't. I don't think it was a 
a series. Yeah, I think it, it may have been a series released as issues, but it's meant to be a collected sort of, uh, you know, mini series, uh, a start and a stop. They haven't made any more since. Um, and I'll read. And it oh, looks prob- like there's a pretty long like publication date. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting you say that because the consistency is pretty great. Like it's everything's drawn very well. Um, looks really good. It just it, it you don't notice that it was started and stopped. Like um, some of the Moebius stuff, which we'll review on a later episode too. Like you can tell the the art gets a little better as it goes. Um, this is not the case. Everything looks very consistent from start to finish. The story is very consistent um, from start to finish. This is uh, published by Humanoids, by the way, in the U.S. and then um, other some other publishers around the world. I think the Humanoids mostly does it. Uh, uh, globally, but anytime you get any of these really cool international titles, it's usually humanoids. Um, usually, so keep an eye out for for them as a publisher. I'm going to read the the back of the book summary because this is a this is a really kind of complicated book to talk about. Um, so I'm going to try to keep the review short. But let's start with the back of the book: the cosmic adventures of a young boy on his path to ridding the galaxy of an insidious technological plague. After the Greek tragedy of the Metabarons, Alejandro Jodorowsky comes back to his biblical roots with this quest reminiscent of Moses and set on a galactic scale. To top it off, the characters and the theme of virtual reality are tailor-made for artist Zoran Jantov, um, who also illustrated before the Inkle, if you've ever read that, who finds in Jodorowsky his perfect match. Albino, hero of the space odyssey, remembers here his childhood, his apprenticeship, and the big and small battles he had to fight to fulfill his ambitions in a universe where technological advances are paradoxically matched only by the cruelty and the barbarism of the forces controlling it. Kind of a mouthful. We'll, we'll get into that in a yeah. second. <laughs> I, I want to throw this out there. If you like the Inco, the Meta Barons, which um, are both Yodorowsky books, and coincidentally, both in the same universe as... Uh, the techno priest. So the Jodo unit, the Jodo verse, as it were, um, this book fits right in there. So the Inkle, Metabarons, it all takes place in the same thing. And I'm going to throw out their Game of Thrones. If you are a GOT fan, yeah. if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you will, I think, I think you'll really like the sort of the, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of politics, a lot of manipulation, a lot of family uh, dichotomy and, 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 and betrayal and change, you know, uh, changes of allegiances and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, a lot of back, you know, back backstabbing and scheming, and a lot of that too. So I just, I, I really did kind of. It felt as as epic and as sort of um, as rich as Game of Thrones. Wow. So I have not read any Yodorowsky, but I would have actually thought that you know, just given descriptions and stuff, that a lot of his stuff is like very arch and very like concerned with large ideas and not so much with the, like human drama. It, this is definitely a mix of both. There okay. are there are very high level ideas in this, but there's also a very intimate family story. Um, what it, it starts off with this high priestess of uh, of kind of like the citadel, almost like you know, and it, the Greek tragedy sort of comparison um, here. I mean, I know they use the Greek tragedy for the the Metabarons too, but it's kind of a lot of Greek uh, mythology is kind of baked into this too. Imagine like, you know, the Oracle of Delphi or, you know, like a young Vestal Virgin who, who were, you know, who's at the, or, you know, at the Oracle and, um, you know, her virginity gives her her power, or her enlightenment right away, early chapter um, or early pages. She, you know, uh, three pirates uh, basically invade and attack the, the Oracle 
they rob it because it's you know it's it's built of gold and it's pretty rich. So they they completely pillage it and all three rape this this high priestess. And there's a red pirate, a white pirate, and a black pirate. Like physically, their skin and their costume are red, white, and black. And so they all three rape her. And she has she bears three children all from one of those three pirates. So huh. her her first son um, is a is sort of a, a hybrid. He's from the black pirate. Um, her uh, middle child is um, from the white pirate. He's our main character, Albino. I it's spelled A L B I N O, and the temptation is to pronounce Albino, but I think Albino just sounds better in the context of the story. So I'll keep I'll keep saying that. So Albino is our main character, and then there's a third uh, younger girl um, who's from the Red Pirate. She's got four arms because the the Red Pirate had four arms, so it's you know she's more alien okay. than the other two. And so when you say the the first child was a hybrid, it's because the pirates are not earthly or. Or she's oh, they're all al- they're all aliens. N- nothing Earth oh, is not represented at all in the story. Oh, okay. Um, she's yeah, completely yeah. so, so it's literally a hybrid like between species. It's not a yeah, yeah. And yeah, Panifa okay. is the high priestess's name. I don't know. It, it's not quite clear. She's you know she looks like a normal Earth human, but it's not. It's never said what her origin is. Uh. Um, but the other two kids, that's uh, Albino's the main the, the our main character. He's the white. Uh, you know, he's he's out. Al- he's an albino. So hence the name, but I, I pronounce it Albino. Um, the other one is uh, um, Almagro uh, Al is the is the older brother. And then Onyx is the youngest sister. Okay. And um, she's the least, it, it, they kind of go in order. So like Almagro is like sort of the, you know, he's mama's little boy. He's, he's coddled. He's, you know, everything, she, you know, everything that happens is, is for him. Uh, Albino is kind of, you know, he's sort of an afterthought. He basically sits in his room and plays games all day long. And then Onyx is sort of like, she's literally just a bastard stepchild. She's, you know, she's forced to be the servant and all this kind of stuff. And so Panifa, the high priestess, after all this happens, she stays on the, stays at the low, you know, sort of this asteroid where the, the Oracle was or where the temple was. And she rebuilds it uh, around these sort of like space ox who can create this like amazing milk, that's, you know, really, really valuable. So she kind of rebuilds over the course of 15 years, rebuilds like this really profitable enterprise and becomes very important. And all she wants to do is raise enough money to build a warship to go after these three pirates and kill them. She's like, I'm not going to rest until I have had my vengeance. Okay. So that's kind of her, her main story. And she and Albino, the, the main, main character, he's only with her for very few pages. He wants to play. He wants to play and build games. And this is a sort of a, a future in the universe where high, very high definition, virtual reality, fully immersive VR games are sort of the coin of the land. Um, you know, that's how most entertainment happens, how most news, you know, there's really not books or anything anymore. It's all these games. These games are sort of what control the entire economy. It's what everybody just does. And so he wants to build games. He's sort he's very, very optimistic, very, um, what's the word? What's, uh, uh, hopeful youth. Ah, frick. I can't think of it, but he, um, he has, he's, he's very, uh, idealistic. There we go. He has these very idealistic sort of thoughts of what this world is. The games are controlled by this group of this sort of like uh, governing group called the techno priests, hence the title. So he right away, his mother sends him off to sort of like this boarding school for game makers. And he's, he begins his journey. So right away, the story splits off into his journey and his mother slash brother, sister's journey. And it's all kind of told from the future Albino. He's kind of an old wizened old man. And he's, 
he's flying. You get a sense uh, early on. It, they explain what it is, but he's flying this ship of all these like young techno priests who he's assembled and he's flying them to almost like a kind of like a, a Shangri-La, like a new universe where they can, they can have, um, uh, you know, a, a new impact. In fact, there's this line that they, that he repeats constantly in every book. And it, it kind of becomes a, a, a joke almost because he says it so often, but the joke is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leading these people to the promised galaxy where society is based on healthy human relationships and hang on, and valued more highly than technological advances corrupted by an excess of science and a total lack of consciousness. Like that, that sounds that, so much like we're making the world a better place by yes, <laughs> like everything from Silicon Valley. Where <laughs> oh, dude, it's it's but it's the whole the whole main kind of theme through this whole thing is science and technology has corrupted the entire galaxy to its core, and you know normal you know, healthy human relationships and nature and a Taoist kind of mindset is completely thought of as evil and for, you know, and foreign and Albino, like he's a very sensitive, you know, artist. He, that's what he wants. So the entire, he's leading these new techno priests and you, you, you learn more of that story as it goes. I'll cut, I'll come back to that in a second, but he's, he's all the, you know, his past and his mother's past is told from him, um, creating an archive and he's got like a little sort of space mouse sort of sidekick, um, that like he talks to named, uh, teeny, uh, teeny Griffey or tiny Griffey. I, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's this like little kind of mascot that he, that sits on his shoulder and he's, you know, he's telling the story to, and he's recording it. And then in the past, that same little, you know, Teeny Griffey's with him too. So as he's going through this sort of initiation, the schooling to become, uh, ultimately become a techno priest, um, that little creature's with him. And every chapter of the eight of the eight volumes, every chapter, um, you know, it, it's all about Albino going to, you know, he, first he goes to kind of like the boarding school and he ends up becoming, you know, he ends up being recognized as a, as a, as a genius, as a genius game maker. You know, he's one of the, the brightest students they've ever had. So he gets taken to like the next, like the, the, the next level, like the college, you know, the college level where he goes to become a game maker. Um, and then from there he goes to become a techno priest from there. He goes to become like, you know, he, he, he rises further and further in the echelon. Um, ultimately, ultimately becoming the Pope of the techno priests. And that's sort of where we find him at the end, you know, and narrating his past every hmm. step of the way he learns that every, all these things that he thought were true, that like, you know, game makers have this great time. They can influence young minds and build these beautiful worlds and blah, blah, blah. He realizes that every step of the way, his heart just breaks because it's like, it's all corrupt. It's all, you know, it's all about bringing out the worst in humanity about, you know, celebrating greed and just, and, and, and creating mental traps for humans so that they just spend more and that they don't think for themselves. And every single, every single volume is him just confronting this in a, in a more severe, extreme way. And he's just constantly, like, it's like, you know, every, every chapter ends with him, you know, in a spaceship going to another place, you know, cause he's graduated to that next level. And it's like, I thought this last one was bad, but what was coming was way worse. And that's like the end of that, you know, end of his story for that volume. So then you come into the next volume going, Oh God, what's he going to experience now? And it's always much, much worse. Are those uh, chapters like uh, chronological or is it sort of jumping all over time? And, and no, 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 space it's, like it is, it is very chronological. It's, it's very similar to game of Thrones season one, where there's John's journey, mm -hmm. Daenerys's journey, and then Ned Stark. So it just kind of cuts back and forth between Albino's journey and then his mother's slash siblings journey. 
and it cuts back and forth because they don't, once he leaves his mother, they don't see each other again until the end of the series. And so it's, it's about them kind of, because their journey mirrors his own in some ways, you know, everything he's going through, that's just terrible and awful. He always, you know, as he's, as he's recounting this to his little friend, he usually says, but my mother, she was going through way worse. And so it cuts back to her Mm. and you get to see everything that goes on. So, Albino's journey is 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 to become a game maker, ultimately become a techno priest, and his 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 sort of destiny is to r- rise to the highest level so that he can tear the entire system down. And of course, the system fights like hell to prevent him from doing that. Um, you know, he has to compromise a lot. He has to, you know, he meets some very important figures who help him on his journey. They give him the, the strength and the insight to, to do this. It's not all on his shoulders, but he's constantly having to like, he has to murder people at one point just so he can get to that next oh level so that he can finally tear this all down. Cause he's like, if I don't, no one's going to like, this is going to go on forever. And I've got to, I have got to stop it. And so, you know, he's, he's, he feels the the weight of just everything he has to compromise on, all his ideals he has to put aside from time to time to do this. It's a really this this part of the story is very Jodorowsky because it, it speaks to like you know Jodorowsky as a filmmaker as a creator is constantly at odds against the corporate culture of art, right? He's you know he's he doesn't he doesn't understand why he can't make a 20 hour movie, uh, you know, about Dune that costs, you know, $50 million in 1977. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand like why things have to be commercial and have to fit in a nice box. And he hates people, um, messing with art for commercial ends or for, or for business ends. He just, he hates all that. So he's almost like, you know, you, you can tell he's putting into this Albino story, his own frustrations with the world, his own frustrations with what he thought the world is with, you know, compared to what, what it is, you know, what it could be and where, how he can change it and, you know, all the friction he faces on his journey. And so if you're a Jodorowsky fan, you will see a lot of, it's almost like, it's like he wrote himself as a young boy going through all this um, in, in the eyes of this, of this character. On the other side is Panifa, his mother, and so, you know, once he leaves, she she builds her ship um, and she sets off to try to go uh, kill these pirates. Well, right out of the gate, um, one of the pirates ends up – I'm not going to – I don't want to – I need to be careful because we're getting – we get into spoiler territory if I get too long. But right out of the gate, one of the pirates who raped her ends up taking over the ship and holding her – as a, you know, her and her two kids as slave. I'm sorry, her and her son as a slave. The other kid – ends up being sort of released from that for various reasons. So she ends up as, as she goes through the story, she does end up encountering each of the three pirates again, but um, they are in very different places than they were when they, uh, you know, as a group attacked and raped her. Um, You know, one has a complete change of heart when it comes to her. Another one has become like some kind of weird God, Godhead in this like planet and has completely lost his mind and went insane. So she, she realizes that her, her revenge isn't as sweet as she thought it would be because like, it's, it's not the, it's, it's literally not the same three guys who, who raped and, and, and you know, pillaged her the first time they've all changed in different ways. And so she's, they've evolved in different ways. So she's not, it's not just this clean revenge that she had hoped for. Um, and as, as she goes on, she learns a lot. Her kids learn a lot. They evolve quite a bit. It's as a character study, it's really freaking great. Um, you know, just the whole book could have just been Panifa's story or Albino's story. The fact that he was able to straddle both of them and make them sort of mirror each other in this really cool way and then have them, uh, you know, tie back together at the end is just really cool. So 
the story, I mean, like I, I, uh, now, do they tie together like within one single chapter or is it sort of jumping from one story to another as in different chapters? So it's linear. So every volume oh, okay. of, of the eight volumes, every volume picks up exactly where the last one left off. And, you know, so there's the two main stories and then there's sort of the meta story of Albino, you know, old Albino narrating all this. And it, it, every once in a while, it'll, it'll show sort of, you know, present day, you know, the, the old Albino who's narrating, it, it shows what he's going through. Um, cause he's still trying to take these, these new techno priests to like a new universe. So what does that journey look like? What do they encounter, um, as they go on? But it always kind of comes back to him back in his, in his sort of study, telling the story as they're traveling and, you know, telling the, the story of himself and his mother. Mm. And so at the very end, they do reach their destination and there's sort of a, a, a nice sort of, you know, very nice coda. In fact, the very last page, I'm not even joking. The very last page I'm looking at it right now is, um, everybody's back together and they're, they're, they've reached their new place. And he literally says, this is where our journey ends. The promised galaxy. At last, we have found a society where healthy human relationships are valued more highly than technological advances corrupted by an excess of science and a total lack of consciousness. <laughs> the end. Like that's literally, I, I, I just laughed because I'm like, of course, because they say that so many times. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, we're going to a universe where dot, dot, dot. Like they just, they repeat that so often. So I just, it's, and they even have like these shit eating grins on their faces as they're saying it. I'm like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of, it was kind of funny that that was, that they, that he threaded that through, but the, the eight, of the eight volumes, like it, it very much is a, a, a binge worthy book. Um, I read it for the first time two years ago. So at the beginning of 2017 and I couldn't put it down. Like I, I kept buying, I bought it off of uh, comiXology. So I read it digitally. So were you and, reading them separately, like, like buying one volume and then buying the next? Yeah. And I should have just collecting. bought the whole series because oh. man, it is, it is, it's not a, it's not like, um, how do I don't even know what I can compare it to. It is meant to be read start to finish, right? Mm. It's like, you don't watch game of Thrones season one and say, that's enough. Like you got to keep going. It's very <laughs> so much it's like not, that. Oh, that, that answers that question I was about to say is that, that it's not, um, it's not like inclusive. Like you can't just read one and go, got it. That tied up some loose ends. No, okay. you got to keep going. No, no. And I, and it's, I, I was going to sort of spread it out. I ended up reading it all in an afternoon. Cause I'm like, this is, yeah. it was so good. And you just kept, you just kept wanting to know what happened to these people so because they have, kept raising the stakes as you go. Do you have any insight on why it took so long to create? Do you get the feeling that it was mapped out and it was just sort of coordinating schedules over? I mean, it's eight years. Of public. Yeah. The way I understand, I mean, the way Jodorowsky creates, I don't think he maps anything out. I think he just goes um. like the guy probably just dictated this entire thing. Um, but the, let, it's a great trans. It's a great question because it transitions us into discussing the art the art is so vivid and rich. I think that's where the delay happened. Oh, gotcha. um, yeah, just yeah. the scenes, like just the, the panels alone, each of those is like, it's very detailed and very layered. And then the color, like I said, the colors is the, is the starring character because it's so, I haven't seen color in a comic this vivid and this, um, you know, like the shade and the shadowing and the light. Uh, just it's, it's, it's very, there's kind of an uncanny valley thing going on a little bit if you if you even look at the covers you'll get a sense of that it's just like you almost kind of they're almost hyper realistic in a in an alarming way your brain uh, adapts to it as you go um but if you're not used to it right out of the gate it's almost like oh should i be reading this like what is what is, what is this like it's it's got kind of an otherworldly feeling to it hmm. so i'm imagining that that's a bulk of the time is just getting those two guys the uh the artist um 
Zoran, uh, I'll just call him Zoran J because I don't want to butcher his last name. And then Fred Beltran, uh, just th- their work is impeccable here. Mm, yeah. And it's probably, you know, they, this was probably created alongside many other things that Jodorowsky was working on. So it could have easily taken him uh, a little longer too, but I, I'm guessing it's the art. Uh, and that would make sense. I mean, I think, yeah, it's, that's a safe assumption with uh, Jodorowsky also being such a multimedia creator. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, like, let's, let's just pause for a second. If you're not familiar, Jodorowsky started off as a poet um, in, in uh, uh, Chile and then in, uh, later in Mexico and France. So he was a poet first and foremost. Then he did plays. He did a lot of theater, a lot of plays. Then he transitioned to, to film and movies while he was doing film and movies and largely off of the, off of the failure slash pivot of the Dune movie, he became a prolific comics creator and, you know, worked with Moebius worked with some of the best artists around and has created quite a bit to the point where I would almost say he, he's done more in comics than probably any other art form. He is, um, he's just an amazing mind, an amazing creative mind. I will say if you are used to reading Marvel and DC stuff, and 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 while this call safe books, you know, or you know, and not safe in that they're that they're not intellectually stimulating, but safe in that like you know what you're gonna get. Hey, there's this hero that they're written this way with these prop. Like, like if you're used to that, this is gonna be kind of a of a of a different animal for you. It's gonna be a very different flavor, um, and and one that will really stretch your palate, but in a really good way. So just just anytime you pick, anytime you see Jodorowsky on a book title, know that you're going to get something amazing, but something that you have never eaten before mentally. Like this is going to be a totally new, it's going to kind of change up what you think about comics and, and graphic novels. Um, otherwise, the only thing I'll, other thing I'll mention is uh, this is obviously a beautiful book in heart and hardcover, but I would really, if, if you have an iPad or if you have a, a, a sizable uh, tablet device, grab this digitally. Because the the light, um, you know, the backlight really makes these colors. I, I hate to say the word pop, but it, it's what it is. These colors really are vibrant with that backlight, mm. and you. This is a story you want to consume panel by panel. I think there's so much visually going on that if you had to see everything on you know on, on pages as you flip through, it would be almost too much. Like you really want to focus in on the panels and the story, and it's told very cinematically. So the panel by, you know, the panel view or the guided panel view really, really lends itself to that. Yeah. Very cool. I wouldn't, that's funny because I wouldn't think of, uh, I still think of all digital books as being hyper modern and there's almost something like retro futuristic about Jodorowsky. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's like, I almost picture him in the eighties writing about cyberpunk, but not actually like in the moment of cyberpunk, but yeah, I guess he is, you know, just as current, like the dates, the publication dates, 98 through 2006, you know, this is modern era stuff. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just flipping through the pages again. I mean, there are some, there are some panels that you almost want to have as just prints on your wall. Like they're just like, they're just scenery. Like there's one of a gigantic, uh, like a gigantic rooster in a police outfit on a planet. And that, that is a building where they distribute games <laughs> and like huh. you, you flip the, you, you flip the page or you, you swipe the panel and you're like, what the hell? And it's just like that. The visual of it is so you're just like, what is like, what is this? What am I looking at? And it's just like, that's just something Jodorowsky just came up with. And the, the artist just rendered in a way that was so very specific um, to the story. One more thing. 
I do want to mention, if you've read the Inkle or the Meta Barons, the Techno Priest characters do appear in both of those books. Oh. So the first time we would have learned about the Techno Priest would have been in the Inkle. Um, they play a pretty substantial role. You just don't know anything about why they are the way they are. Um, you know, they're sort of antagonistic, you know, sort of, they're very antagonistic. They're kind of the villains of, of the Inkle, but you don't really know much more about like their importance of the universe or how they're organized. So this series is a really good, this delves into that and much the same way the Meta Barons delves into the, there's the character of the Meta Baron in the Inkle. Um, you know, Jodorowsky got an entire series out of that same thing. He takes the, those techno priests and really shows you why they are the way they are. Um, and then expands on the universe even more. So it's every time I read something from the Jodoverse, I'm just like, God, <laughs> I can't believe he's pulling this off. Like it all fits together, but they're all there. Each of these stories is very self-contained, but just that the universe that he has imagined is, is just so unlike anything I've ever experienced or expected. It feels like too, that from the way you've described it, and this is just such a weird subjective takeaway is that he's, it's almost like he's describing an interior universe mm. and not like an exterior fantasy sci-fi world. But like, these are worlds that are, I don't know why I feel that way like this, that <laughs> that's my own subjectivity coming to it. Thinking well, wait, like, when you say you know, interior, like explain that more. Like, I'm I feel to... like th these worlds exist only in his head. Like oh. it's like all like, not that it's all metaphor, but it's uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's some, it's some way he's explaining everything to himself. There, you know what? That's an that's an astute, and you haven't read any of these. So no, that's no, no, an no, no. I, I, I think it comes from you saying that, like, you can see some of his own struggles with art and commerce mm -hmm. in this. You know, it makes me think, like, oh, how crazy. You know, just from some of the other things you've you've described to me, and I don't know that we've done that on the podcast because, like, you point out, I know we've talked about Mobius and stuff, but I don't know um, what other Jodorowskis you've covered in detail. I don't think I have. I think this this will be the first of a few. Like I really want to get to the Meta Barons. I really want to get to the Inkle. Inkle's gonna take. I want to say we talked about Inkle. We did, <laughs> but we didn't review. I didn't review it. We did. I mean, we talked about it. Sort of. We referenced it for some other book. I think that we were talking about. But this is hmm. um, it. The Inkle deserves, and then uh, all the Moebius. Like there's so much of of that slice of things that I want to get into. Um, but yeah, this is, if you're, if you're interested, I would, I would say, if you like the other Jodorowsky stuff, obviously pick this up. If you, if you want just something totally fresh and totally different that you just, you would not ever think to pick up, grab this book. Cause it's going to, it's going to be something you just visually love to take in. Um, but the story is amazing. It's going to make you think. Uh, and it's just going to be one of those books you kind of come back to every year and, and you want to re-binge. Like I've, I've re-binged this now three times re and it feels <laughs> re-binge and I have, uh, it's felt it's, it feels just as fresh every time. Cause I, you'll see stuff you didn't see before, or you'll be in a different place mentally than the last time. So just, it's, um, it's really good. I mean, and, and on comiXology, you can at least pick up, you know, the first volume. And if you're just like, this is not for me, then no harm, no foul. But I, I would be surprised if you didn't go through all the rest of them. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm glad we're finally uh, getting some uh, Yodoverse in the panelism verse. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yodo in the panel. That, well, that was, that's a terrible, that was a terrible thing to say. Yo <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I won't try to top it. Um, and, you know, until people pick this title up, uh, where could they find more panelism if they wanted to hear your thoughts on Yodorowsky? 
Well, uh, you can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Pocket Cast is my favorite app, but you can also find us on Google Play and Apple Podcasts. And Go- I guess it's Google Podcasts now. Um, yeah, we're still on Google Play, but both both places. Both places. Everywhere but Spotify. So Stitcher, and any, anywhere but Spotify. And then if you want to just follow along and get our, our point of view on a day-to-day basis, we have a pretty fun Instagram account. You can find that at panelism.inc. On Instagram, that's panelism.inc. And our website address is also www.panelism.inc. That's I-N-K. So find us there too. Subscribe and share with your friends. And we've been getting a lot of great feedback from Instagram. So if you like the show, let us know if you if you have suggestions for books or other things you want to see. Um, we've got some, some suggestions that have come in that we're planning shows around now. So I can't wait to get to those. And uh, yeah, just follow us there and, and uh, subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Yeah, that's we're definitely active on Instagram and that's the best place to reach out to us. Definitely. Well, it's been fun reviewing this book. I hope you grab it. And uh, Todd, I'll talk to you on the next episode.